Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast. This is our spoilers review of You Season Two. I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me is our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli, to review this season of TV as we do all of our television reviews on the Four Bro Four Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and any theories or questions going forward. Now, before we get started, Cycli, you and I, I. I think Banner's catching up on the show. We're the only ones on the pod that are diehard U fans. You got me turned on to it. Before we review season two, what were your thoughts on season one, which was like a huge surprise, I think, for Netflix? Yeah, absolutely. I remember the only reason I watched season one was I think I was sitting on Netflix. I had a couple days off work. And, you know, they, they have those random previews that pop up. I had no idea what the show was. Uh, and I was like, that looks that looks interesting. I got a couple days to kill. I think the wife was out of town. And so I just put it on. Not I, I didn't do any due diligence. I had no idea what it was about. So, you know, color me surprised. It was fantastic. And then I think I was texting you immediately like, bro, what the hell is this show? Put it on. <laughs> and then I had no idea when it ended. I did like some research about it. It was on Lifetime. You know, I, yeah. I thought it was a Netflix original. I had no It made a lot more sense when I was looking back on how the editing was. Um, you know, some, you know, they weren't really cussing and doing some things, but uh, I, I fell in love for the second I started watching it. It's absolutely over the top. It's almost like a soap opera, but it's just like, you can't take your eyes off. What do you think? Yeah, Lifetime really dropped the ball by losing this. Yeah. Um, and you can feel it that like, it's definitely a Netflix show in season two. Cause I think the amount of times they say fuck is like, they're like, all right, let's get our money. Let's get our money. <laughs> celebrating it. I, I agree with pretty much all that. I am so drawn into the show and like I'm obsessed with it in the way that Joe Goldberg is obsessed with any woman who looks at him. I can't get enough of this. And this is like the perfect binge type show. I know that people have talked a lot about Will Disney Plus Plus's existence change how Netflix releases their shows. But this is one of those shows, and maybe it's for better or worse, but it creates buzz where mm-hmm. you have to watch it like the first week, otherwise you're gonna miss all like it's gonna be spoiled for you the entire internet's talking about it right you know and i guess one bad thing for netflix is if it's a bingeable show that conversation takes place over two weeks or it's like something like the mandalorian happens over two months sure yeah but we can get into that another time all right our first category is the acting and cast so um pen badgley returns as joe and i gotta say before we get into this this guy is like a very well-kept secret in Hollywood, because was he on the OC or Gossip Girl? Which Gossip one? Girl. Okay. I think just in my head, I was like, oh, he's just like some teeny bopper actor. He is really fucking good in this, man. Like, he's really good as Joe. Um, I want to see him in something else. Like, he can play creepy. He can play endearing. Those work really well together. So he was like the main returning character in this. But what did you think about him uh, and then any of the newcomers that we had? What I think about it is uh, what I, he does such a good job of playing. He genuinely thinks he's a good guy, right? Like, I mean, he's obviously a sociopath, but he, his, he does such a good job of literally portraying a guy who fully believes deep down that he is the good guy in the story, that he is there to fix everyone, even though, I mean, he is as evil as it gets. And, and I buy it every time he's on the screen. You can't help. Everyone knows he's a horrible person, but you're still kind of. I know you root for him. Well, he does enough <laughs> things that are altruistic or well intentioned, yeah. specifically for kids, where you're like, all right, I see the good in him. 
yeah, he does it with Paco in season one. We get Ellie in season two. And you're just like, oh, he's so caring. And then, oh, I absolutely mur- accidentally murdered someone again. Oh, oops. And you're just, I find he myself, just sells it. When people get murdered, I'm like, that you that was kind of your fault. You made Joe do this. <laughs> the way the show portrays murder, it makes it seem like everyone is constantly murdering someone accidentally all the time. Right. But I, but, I actually absolutely agree with with him. I with you. I think he's a fantastic actor. I really haven't seen him in too much other stuff. I don't know how big his range is, but what he portrays on the show, he absolutely uh, you know does a fantastic job. It's weird because Michael C. Hall. There's a lot of allusions to Dexter, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll get into. He yeah. was a guy that I thought was going to have a massive movie career, and that just has never materialized. So I, maybe he's so pigeonholed or typecast in this role. But I don't watch Gossip Girl, but I'm assuming this character is pretty different from the character he played on that show. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it either. I'm wondering if the like you know romantic side of Joe is similar to what he was on Gossip Girl. But he, I mean, but Joe can give a look that is absolutely horrifying. Yeah, you know, you know, it's not just like he's a guy with good looks and charm. Like he absolutely has that look. Like I will fucking kill you. And he gives <laughs> and it. To- my favorite thing about him is when he puts that damn hat on. He thinks he's invisible. Oh my gosh! And anyone <laughs> who sells those hats just plain denim. You have to know you're selling it to someone who has bad intentions. Uh, yeah. Um, How about everyone else for you? So Victoria Pedretti, who played Love, mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty good in this, especially when her character had obviously the big twist towards the end. That really, really worked for me. There were times where she was just like a little over emotional early on, mm-hmm. but now you kind of see why. And obviously her family has a lot of baggage and she's very Yeah, perfect. she's a little cuckoo. So she played um, a character in The Haunting of Hill House. And I think I told you about that, which is an unbelievable show as well. I think one of Netflix's best originals definitely recommend it but her character in that show actually has a twin brother who is an addict and comes kind of comes from a broken family so it was kind of funny to see her (laughs) yeah it was i mean the role that that makes it sound really obvious but to those who watch both shows you know it's it's very different in a way but she does do a good job of really playing the dramatic family character i think sometimes she can be a little over the top i think she just has really big eyes and yeah. uh, so when she has those like sad puppy dog eyes, it's like really thrown in your face. When when he was uh, tripping on acid and her eyes were getting bigger, I was like, at what point yeah. is he tripping balls? And at what point are these? It's her oh, those her eyes. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, if you haven't watched The Haunting of Hill House out there, uh, put it on. Even though it's not Halloween time, uh, it is a great family. It is scary, but it's about a family dynamic that's um, a really good story overall. Um, I wanted to throw really fast. It, you know, Amber Childress, she plays um, Candace. We got a little bit of Candace this season. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. I am not the biggest fan of her acting ability. I think they were kind of pigeonholed in, in creating it the way season one ended by having her make that appearance as the last second shock. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that actress was ever intended to be a major character. I think they just kind of used whoever to play his ex-girlfriend, like to, to have a good backstory. And giving her kind of main role this season showed that she didn't really have that much range in my opinion she anytime she was in a scene uh i kind of felt like she was dragging it down a little bit i appreciate her character about her character represented but i think thinks the it would they they weren't really prepared a lot when they were filming season one for candace to have a major storyline in season two and i think it speaks to how strong the story was in season two that because the way season one works you're like dude the most interesting part of season two has got to be candace 
But they mm-hmm. wrote such strong characters and an, an arc with him moving to L.A. that when she showed up, I was like, I'm actually not as interested in this as I thought I'd be. Because what's going exactly. on here with the Quins is so intriguing to me. I'd much rather focus on that. But I think, again, that's that's a strength, I think, to what they did. So luckily, they didn't have to lean as heavily on her, especially towards the end. Um, few, Obviously, Chris D'Elia plays Henderson. I'm a, a big fan of his stand-up comedy. It took me out of the show a little bit, but he played a stand-up comic as well. So that worked (laughs) pretty well for me. And then uh, I thought Jenna Ortega as Ellie was really, really good. Kid actors, and I always say this, are tough to find, especially in TV. And she did a really... She was actually one of the stronger actors in this. I think she was better than James Scully, who played 40, Mm -hmm. uh, and Carmela Zumbada, who played Delilah. I think she was better than both of them in this season. I I thought what was interesting about Jenna Ortega was... So I think she's 15 years old in the show. I think in real life when they were filming, she was 16. You know, I'm glad they didn't get some really much older actress. That, that always happens in Hollywood to play a little kid. You know, she was very, I, I mean, she, I, I absolutely agree. I think she actually stole the show every time she was in a scene. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed her character. I really enjoyed Carmela Zabata as Delilah as well. Um, you know, acting wise, you're right. Uh, Jenna Ortega was a little better, but the, the dynamic that they had as sisters um, really showed through on screen. I really bought into their dynamic and um, they were, they became two of my favorite characters, honestly. I, to the point to where, again, spoilers, the ending of season eight, season, sorry, episode eight, I literally yelled at the TV when they showed Delilah's dead body. I, I know. I was so upset. I was fucking pissed too. And then one quick shout out Robin Lord Taylor, who played quote unquote Will Bettelheim. He, uh, oh, course, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Penguin. He, he plays the penguin in Gotham. So it was good to see him in a role where he wasn't like so over the top. Um, and actually, we'll get into best scene because he's involved in that for me. It, it took me the second he's in the when he's in the second. I think he, they show him at the very end of that first episode. I was like, who is that guy? I know that guy. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's the fucking penguin. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to see him not with like that weird comb over and like. Yeah. Yeah. I loved his character. He was good. All right. On to the story and the plot. So Candace returns. Joe flees to L.A. He meets Love and Forty Quinn. Kansas obviously follows him or somehow track in a weird way tracks him down and uses 40 and has sex with him a lot to get to Joe. And then she basically threatens to out <laughs> Joe. She does. The murder trail gets messy as it does in season one and it all ends and culminates with what we'll get into probably mainly in theories and questions with 40 dying at the hands of the police and a pregnant love and Joe moving out to the LA suburbs. So what did you think of where the story took us in season two? Obviously, new locale, mostly new characters, but kind of the same sort of feel to the narrative through line of Joe wants to do the right thing, but he just keeps accidentally killing everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think season two, I'm going to sit there and say this. I actually like season two more than season one. Uh, you know, I thought the story overall was kind of predictable in the sense that, you know, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. It's like watching the second season of Dexter. Dexter, it's not just going to take a turn. He's going to keep killing people, right? Like, you just buy into that kind of concept. He's going to fall in love with someone and get overly obsessed. Um, You know, I think when season one ended, I didn't realize he had actually attempted to murder Candace. I thought she straight up just did leave him for Italy. So I didn't realize that the season two was going to be her hunting him in a sort of way. Um... So, you know, him moving to L.A. kind of kind of gave us a new fresh feel. It wasn't exactly repetitive as we got in season one. Um, I really did enjoy the story overall. I thought there were better characters 
in season two than there were yeah. in season one. I enjoyed the side characters much more, even though uh, what I loved about this season, they portrayed L.A. so accurately. It, it made me cringe because I really hate L.A. <laughs> if you've never been to L.A., what they did with those characters is ex- exactly true. I was worried at first because I loved the New York dynamic for the first one. And I get that's the mm-hmm. point, right? Is Joe's like, where's the last place Candace would think I would go? Yeah. Because he hates L.A. But I thought that all, like you said, worked really well in terms of putting him well, in a place where he's like so frustrated. Absolutely. Well, that's what's interesting. Like, I love New York. Kind of like I was better, but I didn't like the character. Right. Like, you're not supposed to like Peach. And her friends were so yeah. ridiculous and over the top. I, and, and Beck, in all honesty wasn't that interesting you know if you really break it down not to take away from the character or the actress or just like just the in general character of Guinevere Beck but even though LA personality I hate more I enjoyed their characters I enjoyed the dynamic of Ellie and Delilah I enjoyed uh, Love's Friends Uh, and they enjoyed Will Petalheim 40 felt like he was like there's probably thousands of those people in LA like oh my god Everyone thinks they're one script away from making it big or do it, making a name for themselves. Um, I think there were, you know, I personally didn't really see the twist coming. I knew there was going to be some sort of twist. I thought it was going to be Candace setting him up for murder or and hit, killed Delilah. Um, but the story overall felt like what, what, what makes you great is we just accept it for what it is, right? It's a guilty pleasure soap opera show. It's over extreme the plot is supposed to be completely stretching your imagination and yet they sell it in such a way that you are just bought in from episode to episode and i really did enjoy the story i, I enjoyed the the character development i enjoyed watching the quinn family um as a whole i just was a big fan of the story what about you yeah i thought it moved pretty quickly like the first two maybe not even three probably the first two episodes set up all right where he's at who are the established characters? When is he? He doesn't meet love at all in the first episode, does he? He he meets her but at the very they, they end. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they do the the peach joke. The way that episode one set up, I actually thought Calvin was going to be a bigger character than he ended up being, but his dynamic outside of work or with the Quins yeah. is really just set to Delilah and Ellie. And the Will Bittelheim character in and of itself was just a really interesting wrinkle. And we'll get into this in best scene, but like the role that he played throughout the series, I think there were enough people in this that were interesting where you said, I really don't know how this is going to work with them and Joe, because you know, there's always a certain kill count. People close mm-hmm. to Joe have to die. It's just like how he operates. And it was rough one- for sure that he didn't kill Will, honestly. Which is what's I think that was what's so cool about their dynamic is it kind of turns it subverts all your expectations for what you you think and Joe it shows he's getting a little bit better which we you know New Year's resolutions we all need to improve he's getting a little bit better at how he keeps people in that glass cage and how, how did he and get the glass cage from New York to L A can we that's talk about that? that's probably the one thing in here where I'm like huh? <laughs> he explains it really briefly like took me hours to put it together I was like oh, dude months days. <laughs> You shipped it. <laughs> yeah, overall the story, dude, it's so compelling, and it, it it's it's like a roller coaster. Like it speeds up more and more as the season mm-hmm. goes on. So like I kind of methodically, quote unquote, watched the first three episodes probably over two days, and then the last seven I was texting you. I was watching like four a day. Yeah, I finished the last seven episodes in like a day and a half. Couldn't stop. Yeah, the wife and I watched it in two days. <laughs> yeah, did, I think just, we did five and five. It picks up steam so fast, mm-hmm. and they're they're 
Dude, I've watched 25-minute episode shows that feel twice as long as this. I agree. Completely. Like, it make, like you said at the very beginning, this was meant to just, like, get under a blanket and binge watch. Yeah. And there's really no, like, filler or bullshit episodes for the most part. No. Anything in it, I was like, well, that was superfluous. Could have cut that out. All right. Favorite scene. So I have... Uh, not necessarily a scene, but it's like a dynamic, and then I have a mm-hmm. best scene. So I'll do the dynamic first. Basically, all the banter between Will Bittelheim and Joe. I think it was like a unique version mm-hmm. of Stockholm Syndrome. Yep. Where Will is like somehow endeared to Joe for keeping him in a cage and actually letting him go. And in a weird way, when Joe let him go, I was like, I don't, I told my fiance, I was like, I don't think Will's going to snitch on him. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, I didn't think that Will's internet fiance would be real. I didn't either. That whole dynamic of them and then him calling Will at the end and Will actually like trying to help him was so unique. And again, just not what I expected that it was a really pleasant surprise. So their whole dynamic, I thought, was one of my favorite things. And in a weird way, when he let Will go, I was like, oh, damn it. I kind of liked you guys like working together, even though one of you is like trapped in in a mouse cage. (laughs) How about you? What was your favorite? Uh, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint a scene again. And when we were talking about like a you know ten hour, ten episode show, I, I think I kind of go the same way. Um, I think for me, it just has to be just almost the entirety of episode eight, the roller coaster ride that was that whole acid trip episode, um, because it really did just make you feel like you were crazy. Oh, no. knowing what his stress level had to be, knowing that he was given four doses of acid. And, and so I was just like, I buckled in for that one. It was intense the whole time. His dynamic with 40 is like, it's up there. Like I agree with you with Will and, 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 and Joe, but the 40 dynamic 40, I like went from hating to really liking to being really annoyed yeah. with to like, I was all over with him at the end. Yeah. And so the, the whole the whole breakdown of them when they're on acid together in that hotel room, um, it just it you just felt almost all of the tension that Joe was feeling the whole time. And so and that episode as a whole ending with the cliffhanger of seeing Delilah's dead body, and you are you almost feel just as helpless as Joe did about not knowing what just happened um, because you saw all the events transpire, but it made no sense. And uh, so it's hard to pinpoint one exact scene, but I just love the entirety of the last like 30 minutes of that episode. Yeah. If I had to pick one specific scene, it would be at the end when love reveals to him that she killed Delilah. (laughs) Oh my God. Joe's face. What the fuck? (laughs) I was going to say that the tweets and the memes that have come from that where it's like Joe murders 11 people across one and a half seasons. Love kills one person for Joe. And Joe's like, you're sick. I don't know if I can be with you. I was oh my like, God, you during a very intense, <laughs> but it, but it's great because it does pinpoint like, because we do as the protagonist kind of root for Joe. And we, for that moment are like, Oh my God, that bitch is crazy. Right. Cause you do say that, but you're like, of course, when you actually look at it, you're like, no, that's not the stereo story at all. But that's what I, the beauty of storytelling, it does make you feel what Joe is feeling at that moment. And it shows you his warped reality, because in his mind, everyone he's killed either had to, or it was like a total accident. Deserved it, yeah. The fact that she would purposely slit someone's throat, he's like, I don't know, man, you're nuts. This bitch crazy. (laughs) It does show how, how, how fucked up he really is. And in a weird, and again, dude, this is like just the strength of the writers, like how I, the characters you root for. In a weird way, I was like kind of hoping Candace would get fucking killed. She was just annoying. Yeah. I don't know what it was. She was doing the right thing. She's like a 
been horribly missed. It's the beauty of storytelling. It's <laughs> it's literally what Dexter, what was that, what made Dexter so great when it first started, was you put anyone as a protagonist. This is how our brains work. We follow anyone around. We'll start sympathizing with them. It yeah. doesn't matter who they are. You you give us their perspective, and all of a sudden we start. I remember I had a book as a little kid. It was a play on uh, the Three Little Pigs, but it was from the wolf's perspective. Oh wow! Yeah, and it was a really cool book about the whole. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. The wolf was sick, and that's why he was sneezing and blowing the houses down. He just wanted a cup of sugar. And he was going to his neighbor's house, and the pigs were being dicks and not letting him have some sugar. And it was this whole thing. And I just remember like really enjoying that and being like, well, now I like the wolf instead of the pigs, and. And that's the beauty of storytelling. That's the fact that you can literally be rooting for Joe. You can be rooting for Dexter. You can be rooting for these killers. And no, it doesn't make it okay in real life. I always like the arguments people get online. Like, how can you root for Joe? I'm like, it's not real life. That's why I can root for Joe. Exactly. You know, but at the end of the day, you accept that he has extremely mentally flawed. He does not see himself or who he really is. And that's the beauty of why we enjoy the show. Because he is deranged. Well, and the nice thing about this season, we didn't even really get into this, but maybe we will in theories, but we got to learn why he's so mentally ruined because of his upbringing. Yeah. Although he there's feels still like a lot he has of to like take care and protect everyone. Right. And his mother always prioritized, you know, men over him. So I yeah. think he that's obviously skewed his image of relationships. All right, to close it out, and this is probably going to be the best part, theories and questions going forward. So I have two quick questions I'll ask, and then I know you've probably done um, a little bit more research on on Reddit and the Internet than I have, so I'm interested to hear what you found. My first question is, in season three, which I'm assuming we got Penn Badgley kind of let slip in an interview that they've been greenlit and are filming season three very soon. So the first thing I'm wondering is, what will Ellie do? Obviously, she is not happy mm-hmm. to say the least that uh joe was directly responsible for delilah's death and she's begrudgingly taking his money even though she had to like restart her whole life because of him and it seemed like in that postcard that she sent him it's just a very it's like a business transaction relationship now she wants nothing yeah. to do with him she said just keep send more money next month or whatever yeah so will she do something to out joe you think in season three will she seek revenge will she even be a character i wonder I really hope she is, uh, just because I, I really enjoyed her as an actress, and I really enjoyed her character. She was probably the only person on the entire show that just was a straight character, just absolutely a good person um, in their whole, you know, like, just called everything for what it was, spoke nothing but truth. Just you just she was a breath of fresh air in a world between New York and LA of really frustrating fake ass people and obviously murderers and child molesters. But uh, she, you know, I just really enjoyed her as a kid, as a as a character. I have a theory well, uh, that she will play a role in season three. I think she was just too big of a hit; they can't ignore her. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling Will Bettelheim will be involved in some way as season three. We have two people out there now. Last season ended with one person out there knowing who Joe really was, and that was Candace, and she was involved in season two. Now we have two people who are not including love, obviously. Now we have two people who know exactly what Joe is, and that's Ellie, and that's Will Bettelheim. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure they'll both play some role, but Ellie to me just seems like too big of a loose end to ignore in season two. Um, all right, and the she's, big a, question, and she's a, obviously. sorry, really quickly. She and she obviously has been shown that 
she comes from her sister. They do due diligence. They do their research. They like digging up dirt on people, and they have no problem outing them. You know, she's still young, and once she has her footing, why wouldn't she do something to get back at Will? Yeah, or what does she have? Sorry, what does she have to lose? She already had to. Yeah, yeah. she already had to restart her whole life because of him. Um, I mean, the big question that will lead into theories out there is who is Joe's neighbor at the end of the season? And a popular theory that I've seen is that it will be his mother and they purposely moved out there. Now, whether that is true or whether she will recognize him in season three, maybe he moved out there to fuck with her because of how she mistreated him as a child, which we still don't know exactly how that story ends. Yeah. Um, but that's a popular theory that I've seen. Do you think that will be someone we've already met or that we know? Or is, is it just... Uh, the next, uh, the long line of women that Joe meets that ends up corrupting his life again. <laughs> I personally believe um, the neighbor is just a red herring. Like, it's not actually about the neighbor. I think it's a symbol that Joe is never going to be satisfied. You know, he lives in such an idealistic mindset that he always is looking for the perfect woman. And I, I think I said this to you. You know, him and on paper, him and love are perfect for each other, right? They're both psychotic murderers. But he doesn't want an imperfect girl who is perfect for him. He wants this quote-unquote perfect girl who doesn't exist. Nobody exists like that, right? So his right. hunt will never be over. Even if Guinevere Beck fell in love with him, he would have eventually moved on. Even if Candace had fell in love with him, he would have moved on. So I don't know if it's necessarily the neighbor. I think it's to show that he is not satisfied. His whole The whole ending about his Siberia doesn't have to be cold. He is in personal hell right now. Um, I think it was for him to show that he is going to keep doing what he's doing. He still thinks he's being a good guy and he's, you know, keep going to be, he's going to be the predator he is. Now, I very well could be wrong and the neighbor could be his mom. I've read that theory. I think that's really interesting if they do that. Does she, you know, does that mean they're going to be open with love and be like, hey, that's my mom next door. So that would be, that would be weird or, you know, kind of dynamic they can follow through. Or is it going to just be a new love interest? I noticed that she did have a ring on her hand. Yeah, so she's married. Too. Um, so, you know, if he's going to go after a married woman, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, he hasn't gone. Uh, he's always gone after technically available people. Um, so, you know, does that mean he murders the husband because the husband's in the way? Uh, that could be an interesting you know? new wrinkle to it. Yeah. And, and right, love, love is already pregnant. knows who he is. Yeah. yeah. Her being so pregnant and her husband mom dies. with them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you bring that up, the first part about Joe, because the thing that I think makes this show so unique, it's not some guy getting obsessed with a girl and then he can't have her and he goes crazy. He's gotten both of the girls yeah. in both the seasons, like he, Beck and Love. And then he, he just, like, is insane. So it doesn't work <laughs> out. Right. He had Beck until Beck realized he was a murderer. Like, she right. found until his she found stash of in his <laughs> Like, he had her. <laughs> it's like, so... stop keeping your shit around. Right, it's such. It's like he's his own. He just can't get out of his own way. Well, I mean, love like he in this season. He literally had used tampons in the room. I don't know if you caught that in I that did box. Not. <laughs> he has used tampons in there, and love pulls it out, looks at it, and kind of gives a shrug, like, "Huh, interesting." Respect. Like they are both perfect for. I mean, that's like an unbelievable level of just fucked up. Um, you know, so he he absolutely like can win these people over. Love's just just on another level on you know with his, with the sickness, but that's the problem. He's gonna get himself into trouble. He accidentally murders the husband, and then what happens? Love is gonna be suspicious of him if the husband next door dies, right? Because she knows who he is, and you know if he does anything to her, he cheats on her or starts pursuing another woman. 
love will happily kill him. And her, I believe her mom is living with them too. And she gave Joe like a really kind of cold greeting when he came back. Yeah. So obviously, like he's responsible for forty dying. So I, that's how I took it. I took it. She she's going to be suspicious of Joe now too. I don't know how long they can keep this going. I mean, the the biggest issue. I always say the uh, the quote from Batman. You either die a hero or you live yourself long enough to become the villain, right? Um, yeah. Dexter absolutely lived too long and became the villain. Dexter was probably one of the top-rated shows for the longest time in the first four seasons and then just had, a, you know, it's a joke now on the internet what, what ended up happening to Dexter. Um, people make fun of that show. People will still say the show ended up season four even though it went four more seasons. This has a feeling to me, as much as I'm enjoying it, how far can they actually push it? Because it has, if they go five, six seasons, then I think it gets really stale really quickly and they're absolutely doing things that are so over the top. I think this has to end relatively soon in one or two seasons. The, the question is, if it stays as popular, will Netflix actually kill it or will the writers say, no, we have one story to tell? I have a feeling they're going to milk it as long as they can. So this will be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd almost like them to green light. Like, all right, you have two more seasons to wrap this up. Do what you can do with it. If you have a theory about who that is at the end of uh, season two or what's going to happen, please comment below or tweet at us at Squad. Another theory I have, this is not like something crazy, but I, the baby is Milo's. Like the oh. Australian guy. And oh. when Joe finds that out, it's going to be a huge catalyst. So you don't think the baby, I was, everyone's laughing about that baby being their sicko serial killer baby. And then I think I sent you the memes. This was like one of the top posts on, on the you subreddit, which was a photo of, from how I met your mother. So, and that kids is how I met your mother. Like Joe telling his kids and the kids have a shocked face. Like what? My parents are murderers. Why did you give us all that information? I have a question for you. So in the very, the climax of the last episode, when, when 40 is confronting Joe and love, and he tells Love, you're not going to be a good mother. I know everything for years. I've been sitting on it. Uh, I've been suffering for what you've done and all these things. Do you, what does, it made it seem like he knew that Love was the one that killed the au pair. But yeah. obviously he was on acid and knew he, he thought he killed her. So that wasn't it. Do you think like maybe Love poisoned her ex or her dead husband? Like maybe he knew about that. Like, did you have any theories on what he was talking about? Yeah, I was confused because I didn't know if him uh, on acid giving that speech to Joe was just to fuck with him. Right. Um, or if he actually thinks that's the case. But I definitely think she had something to do with her husband dying. Her husband essentially said like he didn't want to bring kids into this world. She's a cook or a baker and he gets some sort of like stomach cancer. I don't know. It all just seems too related to not be related you know yeah i'm really interested to see if we find out more about that next season too that would be super interesting if she tells joe like i've killed my husband before i'll do it again or something like that would be <laughs> and the, the thing about my it being milo's baby she could use that and just throw it in joe's face whenever it's convenient for her i mean it's gonna be obvious if the baby comes out with an australian accent that's true yeah well like good i might good god but why did he I don't think that's how accents work. <laughs> well, you're just wrong about it. It absolutely does. Come on, man. <laughs> that's really all I have. I mean, the way that this season ended, there's so many different ways that they can go. Because um, even just them being in suburbia is in and of itself kind of a new. They've changed the locales now all three seasons, and mm -hmm. I think that's to keep the show fresh. It's it's risky it, in terms of narrative perspective. Like, what if people don't like where we're at? But 
at least gives you like a new, I guess, canvas to paint on. And he's getting more and more uncomfortable, right? New York was his home. He worked in a bookstore. It was his domain. Then he moved to L.A. Now he's in an even worse place in L.A., the L.A. suburbs. You know, like so, crap, yeah. And so, I mean, he is, and that's what's going to be interesting to watch is this he kind of unravel out of his element. Like, now it's his love's domain. Like, she's got the kid. She's got the house. She's got her own family life. That's what she's always wanted. And he, how is he going to react to all of this? And I, I think that's the interesting dynamic that's going to follow in season three uh, is really how, how much he's able to gonna be himself and how much is he trapped as this fake dad suburbite thing kind of guy. And even if he is himself, I think himself is still a serial killer. So it's not oh, like yeah. this will be copacetic and all will be well. As our favorite serial killer will say, there will be blood. <laughs> That's true. There will be blood in season three. I'm excited. And I think we should get some tangible news pretty soon. Usually after a season drops and everybody's like binged it, they'd like, they'd like to give you a little bit of information on when we might see the show again. I saw something, and I think I told you this, I saw something on Reddit that said this was already the fifth most watched or maybe selected show on Netflix for the year. So, in the way it ended, there's, there's in my head, there is 0% chance there's not a season three. Right. The only question is when we'll get it. Right. Yeah, it and might be they, a year and a half, might be two years. Yeah. I'm glad this had the, the cult following that it did, because I love season one, and now that other people enjoy it as well, I yeah. think it means that I will get it. It took a more. while. Like, season one was a slow burn for people to realize. To uh, I think it took a long time for people to kind of recognize that it was a really fun show, and I, you know, I think a Lifetime thing had a lot to do with it, but now everyone is on board. Yeah. I'm in. All right, for our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Tweet at us or comment below your theories on what's going to happen in you season three. Follow us on Twitter at Bro4 Squad. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you type in Bro4 Squad, that's three separate words, you'll find us there. Type those same three words into letterbox.com to read all of our reviews. Check out all of our content on our website, bro4squat.com. And at the top, there is a survey. If you fill it out about our podcast, we'll give you a shout out on our next show. Till then, Cycle and I have to go build this giant glass cage. Not to trap anyone, though. <laughs> not never. We never. It's a piece of art. It's not like a prison. <laughs>